It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r-e-i-d.com Welcome to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, joined virtually by my co-host and partner, Greg McMichael, Director of Braves Alumni Relations. And we're also pleased to be joined virtually by today's guest, Braves Hall of Famer Terry Pendleton. Yes, virtually. We're, we're working from home, as I'm sure a lot of you are. And uh, we're pleased to have Terry on today to talk about Jackie Robinson Day. I got to tell you, working in baseball or being a fan in baseball, one of my favorite days on the calendar every year is Jackie Robinson Day. Just getting to see all the players and coaches on the field wearing number 42 and the remembrances and the celebrations and all the different things that we do in the ballpark, on social media, on TV, on radio, on this day to, to honor the legacy of Jackie is it's just always such a special day. And just because we're at home doesn't mean we can't celebrate it still. So really, really uh, glad to have Terry on with us today. And Terry, uh, let's let's just start here. I, I, what type of impact has Jackie's, Jackie's legacy had specifically on your career? Well, as we know, first of all, it opened the door for me. That's number one, and give me the opportunity to play baseball at the major league level. I think the the I think every year that comes around for Jackie Robinson Day, we all, not just as African Americans, but just as players in general, have to sit back and think about what he went through, how he went through it. And the opportunity that he gave us in order to 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 play the great game of baseball. And it's to me, it's mind blowing. You know, Brant Tricky had to pick the right person at the right time to go um, with his team and his teammates to be on board with it and the whole deal. And for me, I sit back and think, wow, would I have been able to do that and, and endure all that in that time and that day and age? And that's what makes me uh, appreciate uh, not as baseball playing, but Jackie Robinson, the man, even more. Mm. You know, TP, it, it's amazing when I look back at his career 
and I just read some of his accomplishments that, you know, he received four letters at UCLA. He, he won the national uh, championship in the long jump. He was in the army, he played semi-pro football. He was a basketball coach. I mean, it goes on and on. This guy was an unbelievable competitor. And I, I, I agree with you. I think what, you know, Branch Rickey was looking for is somebody who was, who, who had this moral compass, uh, but also had the right temperament for it. But, but man, what a competitor he was. And I, I remember reading a quote, they were talking about Josh Gibson was upset because he was the best player in the Negro leagues. And, and he couldn't believe that they picked Jackie Robinson to, to break the color barrier. And he wasn't the, the guy, but I, I think you're absolutely right. They were looking for that one person that could do way more than just play baseball. And um, it is pretty amazing when you start to look at some of that, some of that stuff. And one, one of the things that I, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, just thinking about um, Jackie Robinson reading his story, not only as a player, but after he played, it seemed like he was a man on a mission. And I, my question to you is, do you think that that was a product of him just wanting to play sports and be competitive? Or do you think it was more about the cause for equality and he just happened to be a ball player? Well, I, I think it was the cause for equality, but I also think it was the competitive spirit in him to show the world that he could be that guy to change the game of baseball. When you when you look at things, you summed up a few things with the things that he did in track and and the and going in the armed forces and all the things that he did as a competitor. That was something that he wanted to compete and be the best at. Can you imagine with all that competitive spirit having to deal with people who did not like him every day and had to go out and fight against himself to keep from fighting them and his own competitive spirit? That was more, um, I mean, you say an awful lot about a man uh, when he's able to do that. And I know there were times where he was not able to do that and he had to be pushed back or pushed away or walked away or somebody had to uh, remove him from certain areas to try and maintain his cool. But just to think about, I think about my own competitive spirit. And to then be challenged by something outside of that, which I would, you know, the anger in me would come out with that competitive spirit. And for him to be able to separate that as a man, as a person, and to know that all this was on his shoulders and he had to do it the right way. Like I said, it says so much about a man. But I think, you know, Jackie Robinson wanted to be more than just the the the. Uh, color barrier breaker in the game of baseball. I think he wanted to show the world what type of man he was outside of baseball. And I think that's where and when all this, well, I shouldn't say when, but this competitive spirit before, during, and after really came in because he really, when he left baseball, he jumped after it because he wanted to make sure his legacy was left after baseball, not because of baseball. Well, Terry, the first time we had you on Behind the Braves uh, was a little over a year ago. It was right before your induction into the Braves Hall of Fame. You were actually at the ballpark that day. Uh, We grabbed you for a few minutes. Uh, You were working with minor league players, and I know that's one of your main responsibilities now with the organization. Uh, Do you feel, in working with these younger players, do you feel a sense of responsibility in teaching players and young athletes about the legacy of Jackie Robinson? I do, but I, I try to, you know, first I try to get them to learn the legacy of the Braves players before them. 
you know, because because with all this knowledge on the computer and, and out there in the web, uh, a lot of times they get lost in what they want to do instead of learning about their their sport and what they're doing. So I first try to teach them about the the alumnus and the guys that came before them in a Braves uniform and then try to educate them on the Jackie Robinsons and all them that came before them. You know, one thing I got to do as a young uh, baseball player was I got the privilege to play in Louisville, Kentucky in 1984. And people say, well, that was a Cardinal organization. Well, it was a privilege in playing in AAA. Well, there was this man that I got the opportunity to meet and he was an awesome man. And his name just happened to be Pee Wee Reese. And I got to sit down with Pee Wee Reese a number of different times because he lived there in Louisville. So he came out to the ballpark and hung out with us. And we got an opportunity to talk to him a number of times. And I believe that was the same year he was inducted into a baseball hall of fame. But Pee Wee Reese sat down with us and we were able to ask questions. And the one thing that he always went back to in, in talking about Jackie Robinson, it wasn't the ball player. It was always about the man and how amazing this man was that he got to spend a lot of time with in the game of baseball and how they how they became really good friends inside the game of baseball, but but brothers outside the game of baseball. And I think that's what really my AAA experience was so special with getting the opportunity to meet Pee Wee Reese and speak and sitting down and talk with him a number of times. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And I and I think back about something you said earlier about that you wouldn't you wouldn't be here as a player you wouldn't have a legacy if it wasn't for Jackie Robinson and uh, you know I'm kind of sad because I know Jackie died when he was 53 I'm 53 now and I think (laughs) I think about wow he's I don't feel 53 I don't feel very old and I can't imagine I know he had a lot of health issues with diabetes and everything that led to his poor health but um, I, I think about all the great teammates I had and great coaches for one, Willie Stargell was a phenomenal human being Yes, getting a chance to know him through the Braves organization and getting to know Hank and getting to know you, um, consider you a friend and guys like David justice and Dion. And, uh, I mean, just, just the amazing bonds that we've had over the years and the friendships we've had, you can all link back to Jackie Robinson for what he did. And so I'm greatly appreciative for that. One thing I'll never forget is I was in, in 1997, I had been traded to, um, traded to the Mets. And so I was a part of that ceremony where Bill Clinton, President Clinton was there and Jackie Robinson's widow was there. And, um, and then the commissioner was there and they spoke and they, and they, retired his number across all of baseball. Yes. And that was just a phenomenal experience that happened in New York. And that was on um, there in April back in 1997. I know you were still playing, you know, you were with, I think you were with the Marlins at the time. Right. Um, but I mean, how did that, how did that impact you? I mean, that just seemed like a, just an unbelievable thing. Of course it's never been done, but that was, that was something huge just recognizing him at that time. Well, when you sit back and you think about it, as I said before, and then you see what baseball is doing across the board uh, for this man, and then you start thinking about what this man has done for you, your family, your kids, your great-grandkids in the game of baseball, it's just amazing. It brought tears to my eyes. Every time I I, I, um, heard Jackie Robinson 
uh, speech or heard his wife speaking about her awesome husband, it brought tears to my eyes because it was the joy um, him, first of all, enduring all that he endured and then us reaping the benefits and the joy of what this man went through for the rest of baseball. And it actually opened doors for more Latin players also. So that was that was huge. I mean, he was huge in the game of baseball, period. Yeah, that, that's a great point. You know, I, maybe that doesn't get talked about enough or celebrated enough that Jackie not only opened the doors for African-American ball players, but also for Latin players and players from elsewhere around the globe. And that's, of course, one one of the things that makes our game so great is that it's a, it's a game played by and and watched by folks from all walks of life from all over the world. Um, and I know one thing we wanted to touch on with you in recent years, I think we, we've seen the percentage of African-American players in the big leagues has has dropped pretty low, uh, dangerously low, I would say. Uh, I know that percentage has started to to go up a little bit again in recent years, but it's still too low for, for any of our liking. So what are some things that we as an industry can, can be doing better to, to help young African-American ball players make it into this game and play baseball? I mean, with the Braves, of course, we have some great initiatives. We have the 42 classic and the Jackie Robinson invitational. Um, the RBI program is a fantastic program, but what are some other things that we could be doing a better job of as an industry to, to help African-American participation in baseball? It's um, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I think it could be tough because of the fact that, you know, I, I kind of look at when you when you start talking about that, I kind of look at, OK, we can't place this on on 200 African-American baseball players who have played the game. We can't place this on parents. We, we can't place this on scouting. Um, but you have to look at the big picture. So I go back and look at me and I say, well, you know, me growing up as a as a young player trying to play sports, you know, I loved all three sports, the major ones, football, basketball, baseball, which people say soccer is major. And I'm not going to argue that. I'm not here to argue that it is major. Um, but the three main ones when I was growing up in Southern California were football, basketball, and baseball. And I played them all. And then I start looking at, okay, the kids nowadays, if you're able to play all three sports, what's going to be the easiest for you to get better at on a daily basis? And it's not baseball. Baseball is the most difficult one for you to improve on your own or with one other person. And it makes it tough because I can pick up a basketball and be a better player by myself. I can pick up a football and with one other guy be a better player. And and as I became a better player as a little leaguer, I went and played a game called strikeout with my God brother, Victor Anger. And we played our rear ends off. I went from being the worst player in the league to the all-star shortstop the next year. Uh, you can get better at it. It's easier and cheaper to find a basketball or football and hone your skills. in. now I'm not saying that's the out for kids, African-American kids, not learning the game of baseball because you'll have kids in Dominican and Venezuela and some other countries that don't have any of the stuff that we have now, and they are pretty darn good at it. Um, so I really wish I knew the answer to that. I will say in talking with different parents that the game of baseball is really expensive. Um, and that's what I'm being told. And I can't argue because I got nephews who play and I can't believe the money my nephew puts out for them to play the game of baseball. Yeah, that's you're absolutely right. I, I don't think there's one easy answer for it. We do know that that uh, baseball can be challenging 
because it's based on failure, just like you said. And that's not always a, uh, a pleasant, <laughs> a pleasant thing. For anybody. No, I will say that major league baseball has done a great job of, of um, really making a concerted effort. And I believe that our organization is really leading the charge on that as far as what we're doing at the local level, what we're doing to try to impact kids, in, at least in our footprint, to give them more opportunities to be seen and uh, to play the game and then to be supported in the game. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think the NCAA, they – they. Um, they need to take a look at what they're doing now because we know that education plays a big part in every family's life. And I would love to see us come up with some creative way to up those scholarships from 10 and a half where football's got 97 and you've got basketball, everybody gets a full ride, but baseball at the most, most people get a quarter scholarship. And, and to a lot of families, that's just not enough to, to persuade them to have their, their young you know kid place uh, baseball as opposed to another sport. So I think the NCAA has some responsibility in that as well. And I think that's been, you know, part of the part of the culprit too um, for, you know, what's going on in the game of baseball. But, but anyway, I, uh, I digress a little bit on uh, that. <laughs> soapbox, but <laughs> I would, I do think it's a part of the problem, uh, part of the issue, but I would love, love to get back to just a little bit about Jackie's, you know, post career and really, if you look at some of his accomplishments, I think it's pretty amazing how he he got involved in politics. Um, you know, he was involved in NCAAP, NC, um, you know, as far as fundraising goes. And, mm-hmm. and he was involved in starting businesses. I mean, he funded, helped found a, a bank in Harlem, a commercial bank, which was the first ever. He was in broadcasting. I mean, this guy's career went on and on and on. I can't imagine what he would have continued to do if he would have been healthy and and would have uh, had a longer lifespan. But I'm completely, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm impressed as a baseball player. I would have loved to seen him play. Um, but anyway, just just your you know after the game of baseball, you know I, I love this quote, and uh, they said that Jackie said this to Hank Aaron. He said, "Baseball's great, but the greatest thing you'll do is after your career's over." And uh, do do you feel like that that's true of you? Do you feel like that there's been a lot of accomplishment that maybe you didn't foresee uh, now in your life as compared to when you played? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, some of the bigger things you, you never thought about helping kids develop not only as a baseball player, but as young men in society. And I think that's a bigger thing that Jackie wanted done also. He wanted to see men develop as young men and move forward in life as young men and not just baseball players. And that's things that I bounce around the minor leagues. When I bounce around the minor leagues, helping the infielders and sometimes the hitters and coaches and, and uh, managers working with them, you know, I, I really try to help them become quality men or young men also because that's more important than the game of baseball. You're going to have the game of baseball for a certain amount of time. And then after that's over, what are you going to do or who are you going to be? Will baseball be you or will there be a young man or men after the game of baseball to 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 move on and help others? In life, you know, and that's always been the thing for me to try to help these young men develop as young men first, along with their baseball skills. Don't get me wrong. I'm there to assist them in becoming better baseball players. But if you become a better young man, you've got a better opportunity in life to help others 
after your legacy or after your game of base, uh, the game of baseball has passed you by. So uh, my biggest goal every day when I go out to first develop young men and make sure they become really good baseball players if possible. Well, Terry, I mentioned this at the outset of our conversation, but one of my favorite days on the baseball calendar, whether as a baseball fan or in my last six seasons as of actually working in baseball, one of my favorite days on the baseball calendar is Jackie Robinson Day because – I just love seeing all of the players, all of the coaches, everybody on the field wearing number 42. It's something that really, really, you know, I feel it deep in my heart when I see everybody on the field wearing 42. And that's just from somebody working up in the press box or as a fan in the stands. I can't imagine the feeling of actually being one of the folks getting to wear that jersey on the field. What is that like for you to come into a clubhouse and see that number 42 jersey hanging up in all of the lockers and then to actually wear it on the field? Well, first of all, when you walk in, there's you, you have a daily routine that you go through as a baseball player. And for me, as a baseball player and even as a coach, that changes that day big time. Because of the fact that you walk in and like you said, that jersey's hanging in that locker and your mindset already changed. It shifts. Honestly, it shifts further from the game of baseball at that moment because you stop. You're looking at that 42 hanging everywhere and you start thinking about the sacrifices that 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 number 42 made in order for us to be even playing this game. I mean, it's it's it's. I guess it's mind changing at the time. And then it leads up to that going out for batting practice and coming back in and putting that jersey on. And really, I, I would take the jersey down, take it down. And, you know, you usually take it down, you put the jersey on. I take it down and look at it and hold it up and look at the 42 like, wow, I'm really getting an opportunity to wear this. You know, every single time I had the opportunity to wear that, I've done that with it. And then I put it on and, and, and it would really, for me, would truly make me want to go out and represent, represent, not that I wasn't before, not that, uh, how can I put it? Not that I ever thought about not representing uh, the game of baseball in the right way or playing the game the right way, because Jackie always tried to play the game the right way also. But you wanted to represent in a way that really showed that I'm wearing this jersey, I'm wearing 42, and this is how he would have gone about doing it on a daily basis. And that, that was even more important to me as a player but and as a coach because we had we got the opportunity to, to wear that and it meant the world to the game of baseball, especially that day. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and I can attest being a former teammate um, of yours and then uh, obviously having a relationship with you these years as you've coached and you, I mean, you've done everything. I mean, let's face it, you've had an incredible, you had an incredible career National League MVP, National League MVP runner-up, all-star, um, you know, played in a bunch of World Series. So you had an incredible career, but you always carried yourself with a lot of integrity that you did play the game right. And so I'm, I'm thankful that we have you in the organization, that you continue to, to work with our young men um, about the game because – you know, you know as well as I do, and there were there were guys that we played with that they didn't always play the game right every every day. I mean, they didn't they didn't give it their best. They didn't um, they took it for granted, and um, and I'm sure there was probably some days that I did that as well. I put on that number 42 jersey as well. I don't think it meant as much to me as it, it did you. I mean, you grew up in California. You probably knew more about Jackie Robinson's legacy than I did. 
growing up. And um, so it didn't mean as much. But just watching you, um, you were our captain, leader on our team and watching some of our other guys. Um, you know, you you were an example to me as a young player. And uh, I've shared on this podcast before about some of our interactions and stuff and some funny, but some really serious about this is wh- how you protect your teammates, you know? Yeah. And so that you were an example. So that comes from Jackie Robinson's legacy. So for that, I'm, I'm grateful and uh, very appreciative. But I just I know that being your teammate and being on the team, I saw how you did play the game right. And so um, I know that you are passing that that along, you know, as you work with these young men. And that makes me feel good about uh, the Atlanta Braves. Well, it, it's special to me. I mean, you know, a lot of kids don't understand when they when they sign a contract and they and they go to the minor leagues and they get the opportunity to try and work and make it to the major leagues but all through that opportunity they have to understand that there are a lot of people at home that would love that opportunity and some of them never look at it that way and they lose out on an opportunity or they don't bust their rear ends or play the game the right way or do some things they need to do in order to get themselves ready to play every day or whatever it may take in the right way to get yourself ready to play. And then they wake up one morning and they've got their release papers and they didn't give themselves the opportunity. I try to talk them uh, and show them that this is the way that this needs to be done because guess what? When you leave here, there's life outside of this and there, there's there's things out there in life that are going to knock you on your rear end and you're going to have to get up from and you're going to have to get up and battle. And guess what? You may not be battling alone. You may be battling for those two kids and that wife you have at home, but you've got to get your rear end up and you've got to battle. And those are the things we try to instill in these kids while we have them here, too. It just ain't about baseball. It's that young man. It's that that character you have to have inside of you on and off the baseball field. So those are just things that that are important to us, as you know, in the Atlanta Braves organization. And I just try to get after him every day about those things. But as you know me, Greg and, and Ricky, as you know me. I have fun doing it also. I make it fun for them. It's just not the grind and grind and grind. I get after them and have fun uh, and doing it, but they also know that um, I'm going to beat up on them, but I'm going to love on them also. And I think that's what makes the relationship with me working with these minor league kids, for me, very special. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why we're lucky to have you as one of the leading voices of our organization. Uh, Terry, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And and listen, and also a special thanks for, for dealing with us in this new form of technology we're, we're using uh, while we're working from home. I mean, Greg's from the hills of Tennessee. I'm from the mountains of Virginia. When you throw in a new type of technology into the equation with us in this show, it can be uh, quite quite a task, to say the least. So thank you for dealing with us and putting up with us. All good. Uh, but more than that, thank you so much for joining us and, and talking with us about uh, the legacy of, of Jackie Robinson. I, we couldn't have asked for a better guest. So just, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, uh, you guys stay healthy on that other end. Um, I'm here in Snellville, Georgia, enjoying the family. I'm actually working from my uh, office right now, which is my garage. So. Nice. <laughs> And enjoying every second of it right now. But honestly, I can't wait to get back to baseball, too, because it's something we're all used to doing and love doing. And I'm getting texts from my young kids in the minor leagues. Uh, They're sending me videos showing me they're staying in shape and they're getting after this and they're getting after that. And I actually love it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the year. And hopefully we can all get back to baseball 
and playing it the way Jackie would love to see us all play it. Very good. TP, take care, buddy. Thanks for joining us. You guys too. Thank you. Our thanks again to Braves Hall of Famer Terry Pendleton for joining us here today on Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. Greg, my goodness, if there's a better representative of the Braves organization than Terry Pendleton, then I don't know who it is. No, I agree. TP's top notch. He's always been that way. He was, when I came into the league, my first team, he was the captain, you know, between he and Sid Bream and uh, just being able to talk with him, watch him play, watch him go about his business. Um, just a great example for me. And I said that in the, you know, earlier while he was on, he was just a great example for me on, on how you play the game, how you go about your business. And, and, you know, and he was a guy that we all looked up to. I mean, he was intense, uh, intense competitor. I mean, you wouldn't be this successful as he has been without being that, but, uh, he was, he was great. Uh, I still call him a friend and enjoy getting to see him. He's very active in the alumni association. Um, obviously he's a great leader in our organization, working with our minor league players. It's just great having him. And he's done it all first base coach, hitting coach. Uh, now he's a Rover in the minor leagues, uh, player with us. So he's in our Braves hall of fame. Um, he's just, uh, he's a great example of, of what it is to be an Atlanta Brave. He's one of those guys that, to me, no matter what year it is, what happens, where, wherever we are in life, Terry Pendleton will always be associated with the Braves and around the Braves in some capacity. And there aren't many folks like that. I mean, for instance, whenever I see the roadrunner, Ralph Gar, if he's down at spring training, if he's at the ballpark during the season or at a, at a community event, he's one of those guys, he just exemplifies what it is to be an Atlanta Brave. I felt that way about Mr. B, the late, great Mr. B, who we just lost here recently. He's just always around the Braves, always part of this franchise. And and I think TP is absolutely one of those folks. And, and I don't, again, I don't say this lightly. Uh, I think there's only, it's it's pretty elite company and rare air of folks that, that reach that status, at least in my view. Um, he is an Atlanta Brave and will, will always be an Atlanta Brave and will always be part of this organization. And we're just so fortunate to have him on today to, to talk about the legacy of Jackie Robinson. I, I think I said it earlier, we couldn't have picked a better person to, to have on to, to talk about Jackie. Well, there's a number of players I'm sure Jackie would be proud of to know that his legacy lives on um, through these players and, you know, current guys as well as guys that in my era that I played with. And, and some of the coaches, like I brought up Willie Stargell, there's no finer uh, man than Willie Stargell. Uh, he passed away too soon. But uh, that we've just been blessed in this organization to have some high-quality individuals that have that have been leaders and uh, mentors uh, to all of our ballplayers. Absolutely. Well, hope all of you out there are finding some time to honor Jackie today. And, you know, if you don't know much about the legacy of Jackie, then now's a great time to, to go read up on him a little bit or, or see the movie 42 or 
there's so many different ways. Uh, Ken Burns baseball documentary is another great source. So just anywhere you can, if you have some time, certainly go read up on Jackie. You'll be better off for it. I know every, every time I read up on Jackie or learn something new about him, I'm certainly better off for it. So, uh, if you're like us, I mean, I know we're all still working from home, but you probably have some extra free time on your hands and learning a little bit more about Jackie Robinson would be an excellent way to spend some of that free time. So, well, thank you all for hanging with us, particularly over these last couple of episodes. I mean, I think you've heard us reference it a number of times now. Listen, we're we're learning as we go with this recording from home and remotely thing. Um, when Greg and I started this show, we vowed that all of our interviews and episodes would be taped in person. And obviously, with the recent turn of events, uh, kind of had to throw that plan out the window and uh, learn on the job, learn on the fly of how, how to record remotely. So we've been trying some different ways and different methods. And, you know, some ways are working working better than others and we're still figuring that out so you know i don't think that anything will ever be as good anything done virtually in in my opinion as far as this show goes and maybe recording other shows the quality both technical from the the sound side of it and then also just being able to talk with folks in person and interview people in person i don't know that virtually we can ever live up to that uh, in, in the virtual way that we're doing this but we're trying to get as darn close to that as we can so we really appreciate you bearing with us uh, as we're figuring all that out and you know when you throw when you throw extra technology into the equation the, the Bubba and Harry show is very much in, in effect that's for sure you can't see me but I'm riding my bike right now so the electricity is going for my lap. <laughs> Well, you know, I, there's a river just down the hill here from my parents' place where I'm staying, and I have been wondering, like, do I need to go down there and dam it up to get some extra power for my Wi-Fi? I mean, I don't know. I, I've been here a month, so I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm willing to do whatever, whatever it takes, you know? Well, it's working out all the kinks. That's right. That's right. We're figuring it out. And, and again, in all seriousness, thanks to Terry for, for bearing with us as we were having some technical issues earlier and for taking the time to speak with us. We, we very much appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you, uh, you enjoyed hearing from him as much as we did. So, well, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. And as always, thank you for listening and subscribing and reviewing. Whether it's good or bad, we appreciate the reviews. We read them all. And uh, we, we love the good ones and we learn from the bad ones. So it's all good there. Um, but yeah, thanks for, for joining us today. And we will see you next time on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 